When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Smetana. Welcome to Golik and Smetty. I'm Jessica Smetana. She's Charlotte Wilder filling in for Mike Golik Sr., who was supposed to be here in Ireland today, but his flight got canceled. Now he is traveling to and from O'Hare from his house. Who knows where he, he might be in the air. I have no idea, but he's not here. So Charlotte was kind enough to fill in for him. Thank you, Char. Welcome. Well, I, I hope that you were going to say, I'm Jessica Smetana, and that's Michael Golick Sr., and I could be like, hey, Jess, how you doing? But I haven't practiced my senior impression. Yeah, I can so. tell. I thought about doing like a, like, oh, he's Michael like just kidding, and Charlotte, but then I was like, that would be a stupid joke. So I made it for you. Now we've said it anyways. It <laughs> I feel Charlotte. like he's always traveling, like he always has oh, some yeah. flight issue. This feels on brand. He's a very busy and important man. And I'm happy to uh, be his podcast partner, but I will say he is not someone I would ever want to frustrate or be on the wrong side of because Mike is very nice. He is one of the nicest people ever. I love working with Mike, but he hates when people act stupid or like do stupid things in front of him. You know, like I've been I've driven with him before. And when people do stupid things on the road, I'm like, oh, man, I would not want to be on his bad side. I guess that's the D lineman in him. I think you're right. I have not driven with him before, but I have a vivid picture from just your saying that. So I'm <laughs> I'm honored to be to be standing in for the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> well, thank you. So as I mentioned, I'm here in Ireland. We will touch a little bit on that later because I have a lot of a lot of general yeah. thoughts about things. I need to I need to roast you for a second because we were texting <laughs> before we did this, and I was like, "Do you want to talk about Ireland at all?" And you go, "Well, I have a lot." of thoughts on Europe and I was like <laughs> I was like okay let's let's hear them I'm I'm really excited about this geopolitically cultural no I'm just kidding yeah I was uh, like there are a lot of ways this could go well something did important did just happen uh in or I guess to a country that is part of Europe this is my transition wow, into talking great. about the women's world cup because the final was on Sunday morning it feels like it was three weeks ago um, because it was so early in the morning. D- did you wake up slash had you been waking up to watch these games really early, Char? I'm going to be honest, no. And I That's feel really shit. I feel shit about it because mostly I'm just like mad at the time zone because the Women's World Cup is probably my favorite sporting event and I just could not get up to do it. <laughs> and that made me feel, you know when you're like, you really want to do something, but you're also like, I really don't want to do it that's how I felt and I succumbed to 
the sleep. I watch I watch a bunch of matches. Like I would record them and sort of scroll through them. But it's not yeah. as much fun when you know what happened. Shout out YouTube TV. I would rewatch the really early, like the ones that were on at 3 a.m. I can't right. wake up for that. We do a morning show every day in Miami. That would be just terrible. Um, but those ones I was able to rewatch pretty easily. I don't know what we call, I guess you just say you're recording it. I know people still say like, I'm DVRing it or I'm taping it. And I say that too. And then I'm like, wow, that is not a reference people understand in 20 years. But this one, <sighs> fortunately, I did not have to tape because I think it started at five or six. I think it started at 6 a.m. Eastern. So I watched the whole thing, woke up. It was so exciting, Char. Spain won their first ever Women's World Cup against England. Um, but then a whole bunch of like really weird stuff happened after. Really, so, really weird stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So last week, Mike and I on this show talked about how the Spanish players did not support the Spanish Federation's, uh, the running of their team, basically. And 15 players wrote a letter. Uh, ultimately, three of the people that wrote the letter complaining about professionalism uh, with the Federation did play on this team, but a lot of their best players stayed home. They won the World Cup anyways, which is remarkable. But all of, all of the while, the entire tournament, a lot of people were noticing, watching the games, that the team had really... <laughs> frosty relations with the coach Jorge Vilda who's been uh, the coach of the team for a, a while now um, they wouldn't like shake his hand they wouldn't weren't like celebrating with him at times um, so it was very strange and they won pretty much in spite of the fact that they are not happy with their federation so there were a lot of a lot of hot takes about it mm -hmm. a lot of like you know a lot of people saying like look how good of a job the coach did everyone is having a terrible time and they still won but i really think the players should get all the credit here for being able to like put up with what they have claimed are just unprofessional conditions so uh then after the game as they were presenting the medals and awarding the world cup trophy the president of the spanish federation was seen kissing jenny hermoso who's a starter for the spanish team on the lips as she was shaking hands with everyone. Um, she said afterwards that she didn't like it. And then she said an, a, later that it was just a sign of affection and like kind of something that happened in the excitement of the moment. Regardless, just a absolutely bizarre and really kind of uncomfortable and gross situation uh, to unfold after what should be the most exciting day of these players' lives. And I'm wondering what you thought of all of that. I couldn't believe it because I saw all of this. I saw the clips and replays and, you know, I was reading about it and I was like, wait, what? I, I saw a headline. It was like, kisses, kisses Jenny Hermosa on the lips. What is his, who's the Federation guy? What's his name? Luis Rubiales. Luis Rubiales kisses Jenny Hermosa on the lips. And I was like, is this a joke? Is this like an Onion article? Because, I mean, I and I think that people, I think sports fans specifically, they're like, well, you know, He's a man, she's a woman, it's a sign of affection, they're European. But, like, what if Andy Reid kissed Patrick Mahomes on the lips after they won? Like, this is not normal professional behavior in any setting. And then to do it on such a large, the largest stage possible. And then for her, I think, was it on the live stream that she said, I didn't like it? I think so. It was on Instagram afterwards. And she was like, I, she was like sort of laughing, but was like, I didn't like it. And then to release a statement afterwards, it feels a little bit like what happened between saying you didn't like it and having to release an, a statement saying it was fine. Like that feels like blink twice if something weird is going on. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and it's almost like, okay, maybe she thought it was fine, but now, regardless, everyone is talking about it and viewed it as something really uncomfortable. And, like, I think being, especially given, like, what we've seen in women's soccer over the last, I don't know, forever, um, (laughs) being, like, especially sensitive to inappropriate contact and relationship with players is something that, like, we should be doing. Um, And, like, given the player's relationship to the Federation also, like, he was... I noticed it live. I was like, wow, that guy, he is hugging everyone really hard. Like he was hugging them and picking up like almost all the players that walked by. Um, And so, yeah, it was just one of those things that I was like, this is really, really weird. And Mm -hmm. I hope that she's okay. And I hope that it wasn't as big of a deal as it seemed. But I really like, again, like we don't, she said her her most recent comments were that, um, you know, she, it was a sign of affection and then he said that he was wrong and he apologized so anyways i yeah so at least there's that it was like a hard (laughs) kiss though like the pictures of it it's like it was like a face smash which made it even weirder to me yeah it was not great so the Mm. women's world cup unfortunately um there were it it was a extremely fun tournament Mm -hmm. for the world not for the united states I have had to try to remind myself, like, every few nights when I... Because, like, the U.S.-Sweden game was probably one of the toughest losses of my sports fan career. Horrendous. It ended so terribly. I have had to remind myself several times over the last few weeks that the world does not revolve around the U.S. women's national team and that this tournament got amazing attendance uh, Spain won for the first time. The quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final were all so fun to watch. There was great soccer being played. As everyone has already said, it feels like the world is catching up. They're investing in women's soccer, and they're finally like realizing that this is an incredible game that deserves all of our attention and all of our money. Um, so overall, my thoughts, the tournament went really well, and it was great <laughs> if you're not a U.S. women's national team fan. Um, but I was wondering if you had any overarching takeaways from what you saw i think for me that loss against sweden was about as devastating i don't think you could i I couldn't make up a worse way to lose especially after you, you know i guess one overarching thought is just the amount of um vitriol that the women's national team is gonna get no matter what from you know idiots who claim to be patriots and then say that the women aren't patriot and it it feels like it's this lightning rod and I think we saw a lot of that before you know when the U.S. made it out of the group stage and people were still saying like they didn't try hard enough they didn't want it you know all of this stuff and then when they when when people can't find as much fault with the game they lose based on you know a millimeter Um, And I think that there was a particular devastation that went along with that that also, I think, honestly, was part of the reason I had trouble getting up to watch the rest of it. Like, I I think if it had been, if they'd made it a little bit farther or maybe if that loss hadn't been just so gutting, I might have been able to um, celebrate a little bit more with the rest of the world. But it was like... It was really bad. I, I also think that um, what you were saying about the, the world doesn't revolve around the U.S. women's national team, it is a very strange feeling as an American to be like, 
oh, hold on, we're not the center of attention? Like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, we're, the time zones weren't, they're not playing at 3 a.m. in Australia so that we can watch it at a reasonable time? <laughs> like, we, we, I, I've come to expect such outrageous treatment because that's sort of how yeah. it's been. Um, but And Fox, you know, Fox ha- tried to work it out for us. They, they, they made, like, Netherlands and South Africa play at, at 9 p.m. Eastern, hoping that the U.S. would win their group and end up in that game. Like, they, they tried. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work out. I think the person that I feel worst for, um, other than U.S. Women's National Team players, is Serena Wegman, who is the manager of the English team, who has now lost <laughs> in back-to-back Women's World Cup finals as a coach. She was the coach of the Netherlands in 2019 and now England this year. Um, there was some speculation that maybe she'd be the U.S. Women's National Team's next coach because Vlako Andonovsky ha- has now uh, announced he's resigning. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I felt very bad for her. She's considered one of the best and brightest of the international coaches in women's soccer. And to see her lose again uh, four years later for the second time in a row was tough. But we are going to move on to happier things. We will be right back after the break to talk a little bit about my thoughts, Charlotte, on Europe. Okay, great. <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, on my flight over here, I watched two movies. I watched Little Women. And I watched 80 for Brady. So basically, I watched Little Women and Old Women, LOL. But, a book. <laughs> but when I texted you and told you I watched 80 for Brady, you told me you had a funny story. So tell me your funny story first before well, I give you my thoughts, because I have a lot of thoughts on 80 for Brady. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. I can't wait to hear you just absolutely rip Pat's fans apart. Um, I feel like you are assuming that I have seen the whole movie. Um, and I tried to, this is one of the more embarrassing things I've admitted on air recently. I tried to watch it on a flight from LA to New York. And, um, you know how, you know how people say like on, on flights, you are more prone to emotion when you're watching for some reason through all of little women. Okay. Well, that would have been less embarrassing. I, started watching 80 for Brady and I got 15 minutes in and I was crying the whole time and I don't know why. <laughs> Jess, <laughs> I had to, I, no. I had to, yeah, I had to it's stop watching It's not a sad it. movie. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, am I going through something I'm not like cognizant of? Is it, I, I think it was, it was like, the, the New England of it, where I'm from, and... What? And yeah, I don't... It's one of the more confusing um, emotional experiences I've had in a really long time. I had to shut it off when they were like, we're going to the Super Bowl, because I was just... I was like, I can't sit here and cry at 80 for Brady on a flight for this long. I'm actually just confused. Like, I thought your story was going to be like, you tried to turn it on, and you couldn't figure out how to use, like, Netflix, and you were embarrassed. But no, like, you just sobbed through the first 15 minutes of 80 for Brady and then gave up? Yeah. 
what did you do after that? Did you just sit there in silence? Yes. Because like, I imagine, like, if you turn on another movie, you're probably just going to cry through that, too. It seems like you're having an emotional meltdown on this flight, Charlotte, if I'm I being was. honest. I was. There was no okay. Wi-Fi, so I didn't know what to do with myself. And I started watching 80 for Brady, and it was set in New England. And I also got sort of annoyed at the lack of accents or like the bad accents mm. it, it was just you know I think I went to sleep Jess I honestly I think I went to sleep so maybe so you were I'll... annoyed while you were crying through yes. 15 minutes of 80 for Brady got it yeah I I truly did have an emotional meltdown and then I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like maybe I was just tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does kind of sound like that okay so 80 for Brady uh for those of you who forgot because this movie came out a while ago yeah. uh, is the Tom Brady produced movie about the four old women who go to the Super Bowl um, and I think Mike and I talked about it on the show like a year ago we were like oh my god we should totally go see it while we're in Arizona for the Super Bowl um, but then we obviously didn't because there were like a million parties going on and also that would be weird um, but it's it has Jane Fonda Rita Moreno Mare- Moreno Sally Field and Lily Tomlin are the four coast co quad stars i guess i don't know you call them quad stars if there's four of them quad Um, stars and they were honestly really good they were the best part of the movie however this entire movie and charlotte knows charlotte's a patriots fan and you know that i hate the patriots like i despise them they are the worst the entire movie was about like how they go to houston for the super bowl the one that they beat the Falcons in and overtime like the biggest yeah, 28 to Super 3 Bowl. heard of it yeah comeback <laughs> of all time we all remember it although it was like six years ago so maybe not that well but um hilarity ensues they run into Guy Fieri they accidentally eat weed gummies they lose their tickets and it's like a whole thing and like I didn't hate this movie because mm-hmm. I liked the four women that were in the movie. I thought they were actually, like, really... I mean, I like all of them as actresses to begin with. They're all kind of legendary. Um, but, like, they they were all fine. Their characters were fine. But, like, the overarching, like, humanizing of New England Patriots, <laughs> who are one of the most despised fan bases and despised teams, especially at this time in history in the NFL, was yes. very, like... Could we not have picked, like, an actual underdog team? Could we not, like, I know it's based on a true story. Whatever. This movie doesn't get made without Tom Brady. I get it. But as an NFL fan, I'm, like, literally not a single football fan outside of New England can watch this movie without being, like, disgusted by the entire football aspect of it. Well, it turns out that some New England fans, like myself, can't even watch it in general. (laughs) So, you know. Um, I I feel like I, I think, I feel like I've seen the movie. I feel like I've seen enough clips, like the Guy Fieri scene, the weed scene, like Tom there's Brady like showing seven, up. There's like seven Guy Fieri scenes. Okay, this is the other thing. Guy Fieri, if those are the four like title characters, Guy Fieri is number five. Although I'm betting because he's Guy Fieri, he probably got paid more than all four of them. But yeah. he was in like two thirds of this movie, which no one prepared me for. Really? He was in more of this movie than like Rita Moreno. I swear to God, he is he's in the main. So- character he is like a main, a, he is like a main like antagonist like he drives the plot forward because they lose Wait. their su- spoiler they lose their super bowl tickets at guy fieri's like trailer and then i think he invites them to a party at some point it was funny though one of the one of them called him guy ferrari which was yes. a cute old lady joke um but yeah charlotte and then at the end like the whole like emotional climax of the movie is 
uh, Lily Tomlin's character giving Tom Brady a pep talk through his headset from the offensive coordinator's box at the stadium. And I literally, like, if I were a Falcons fan and I watched this, I would destroy my television because it, like, it's like, oh my god, her pep talk is the reason they came back and won. I would be literally punching my television screen if I saw a fictionalized version of the most humiliating football game that my team has ever played. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I love it. I was actually at that game. Um, I remember. Yeah, right? And also, I just started laughing because... This reminds me of the time that I didn't want to finish the Americans, so you told you, you literally <laughs> told me the last two seasons. I think it took us like an hour and a half. You're like, okay, so then the guy. So I feel like this is just continuing a really great tradition. We've got thank you for thank you for telling me what happened because like, who knows if I would have been able to keep it together if I'd watched it. I do feel like you need to give it another shot and okay. find yeah. out for sure if this is just like a emotional trigger for you or if you were just having a really bad day at one point. I I really hope it's the plain thing, Jess. I really yeah. hope. I really hope it's the plain thing. But no, I'll give it a shot and uh, I'll come back and I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Well, before we go, Char, because yes. unfortunately we only have a few more minutes with you before our next guest, Charles McDonald, comes on to preview oh. the NFL with us. Um, that was a little, little teaser. <laughs> um, I did want to run something by you, which is like. Mm-hmm maybe something that will be part of a, a stand-up routine for me at some point, which oh, is God. about, I know, I mean, it, as I as I say it now, it sounds really stupid, but it's about the toilets in Europe. I'm, it's oh. probably been done before. Let's go. But have you ever been to Europe and thought anything about the toilets there? And if so, what was it? Um, you know, Jess, I think I w- the last time I was in Europe was... Before the pandemic. You went to the Swiss Alps. I sure did. I don't I remember. think I remember anything weird about the toilets. <sighs> okay, here's the thing about the toilet, Charlotte. They yeah. have, like, I, and this is, like, I'm pretty sure a uh, water conservation thing. So, like, it's great. Yes, save the planet. However, oh, no. they have so little water in it that I can never tell if I'm dehydrated or not. And... I, I mean, we're all familiar with Lincoln Riley's hydration pee chart, right? Yeah, and, 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 and the Jags' new facility. And the Jags, yes, the Jaguars' toilets that change colors based off if you're hydrated or not. Yeah. Um, so, like, I know what, like, good, solid urine looks like when oh you're well hydrated. <laughs> because I'm familiar with the ratio in the United States of water to pee. And in Europe... It looks like I'm dehydrated every day because there's like one drop of water when you pee in these toilets. Is this TMI? No, this is. Uh, we'll workshop it for the stand-up. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll 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 punch up the last joke there. No, I think that that's um, an extremely valid thing because that happens to me in toilets in the U.S. that don't have a consistent water level. But I also think that I also think that if you are drinking. A fair amount of... I feel like you're pretty good about drinking water. Well, I think when I'm on vacation, I usually do, like, a little swap where I'm like, ooh, I want a beverage. Better mm. be an Aperol spritz or, like, a pint, you know, when a in pint. Rome or whatever. Um, but it's just something I've been thinking about the last few days while I've been here, Charlotte, is that the toilets are very small. The showers are very small. Everything is very small. I feel like I'm walking around the Shire. I was going to say, are you I about actually, to make a Hobbit reference? 
I actually think this may have been the inspiration of the Shire to J.R.R. Tolkien, and I can see why. I'm walking past a doorway yesterday where I look at it, and I'm like, if Joe Alt, the left tackle at Notre Dame, was staying in this house, he yeah. would not fit inside of this door. It, everything is very, very small, and the toilets and the amount of water also much smaller than I'm used to. You should talk to some Irish athletes and be like, is this, can you tell how hydrated you are based off of the, like, have you altered, have they shifted their, like, do they have a Lincoln Riley chart that's like different colors and yeah. gets so bad that it's like purple at the end? <laughs> it's like a, there has to be like a conversion to the chart that's like, we convert dollars into euros. It's like, now we convert the color of our urine for athletes. Into your urine. Into urines. Ooh, Whoa. new u- unit of measurement, Shar. I, I like where your head's at. We still got it, Jess. We still got it. it. Before we go, Shar, we used on our old podcast, we used to do a segment called Ask a Youth, Mm -hmm. where I used to be young and you would ask me to explain things to you. Now I am in my middle age. (laughs) Just kidding. And I'm 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 in eighty for Brady as one of the ladies. (laughs) I think I'm probably older than you were when we started that bit. Oh my god! If I'm doing the math right, so you are. Yeah, so do you have any, like, ask a late 20s before we go, just to bring back an old bit that everyone knew and loved? Yeah, I do. My ask a youth is something that you've actually already helped me with. Um, a few weeks ago, you sent me a message, and I, and I look at my phone, a text, and an iMessage, and I'm like, why, is the, why are the letter, letters all, like, fuzzy and scrambled? I was like, is my phone glitching? what is going on and then I noticed it said sent with invisible ink and it it took me a good five minutes to figure out how to read this and it turns out you just drag your finger across it Wait, and I so told, what, what were you trying to do what were your steps to try to fi- figure oh it out oh my god I got I went so far <laughs> I, I tried tapping it I tried looking at it on my computer um to see if it would be any different from on my phone i tried screenshotting it to see if it would capture the fuzz oh my god it was only when i tried to copy the text that i accidentally held down the bubble and i couldn't (laughs) read what it said wow so my, my ask a youth is how often do you use invisible ink okay to be honest invisible ink Okay, if you don't know what it is, it's a feature on your iPhone. If you hold down the send button, you can send iMessages with different effects. And it's like if someone's reading a text over your shoulder, like, and someone sends something to you Invisible Ink, they can't read it unless you hold it down. And I kind of send it, like, tongue-in-cheek when I'm pretending to send something that's a secret. But right. obviously, like, that feature just what doesn't make sense in the real world. No. Like, no one is, like, decoding the Declaration of Independence and National Treasure on their phone in real life like if you're getting a text like it's for your eyes only like no one else you know what i mean it just doesn't make any sense also like even if someone were to see it it's not most people i would assume know how to read it i'm the only person that invisible ink works on (laughs) right well i wasn't trying to to trick you i just i I thought it was kind of cute anyway char uh so no ask a youth but thank you for coming on we have now lowered the average age demo of the pod by a solid 30 years um, so I, I really appreciate you joining. Listen, anytime. I can't wait to hear about your adventures, and I hope that you figure out the... I hope the toilets start making a little more sense as you spend a little more time there, <laughs> and you can recalibrate your expectations. 
You can check her out on Oddball, which airs on the DK Network and also on the Levitard Show occasionally. See you back in Miami whenever you come back down. Sounds great. Go Irish. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Charles McDonald, my good old friend from Yahoo Sports is now joining us. Charles, we're finally getting you on to talk about the NFL. But first, you told me recently that you are trying to get into cooking um, and that it is not going well or it, it is going well. It's going well. I'm just okay. trying not to get apathetic about it again. You mm. know, like that's my big problem. So basically, as I told you and our friend Harry yesterday, I think I said I'm trying to get through this football season for the first time without getting fat or like just being ashamed of where I am physically by the end of the season. Because, you know, it's all cool. You're working out all summer just to try and try and stay in shape. And then the season hits. And the next thing you know, like you've sat down from like September to January. Yeah. And that's yeah, not good for your you body. You move on Sundays generally. Right. I mean, I don't. I mean, you as in the no. general you, not you specifically, because also me. But you also have a pod coming back soon, the exempt list. So, yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of sitting and sitting. watching football this fall. And I assume that has already started. Are you engaged at all with preseason football, or oh, do you kind of just, yeah. okay, you let it wash over you? What what has been your uh, big takeaway so far from preseason? Um. Well, outside of – did you watch the Ravens-Commanders game last night? No, but I saw that the Ravens' the? Tw- oh my God. streak finally ended. Okay, let me ask you about this first because I'm a Ravens hater because I grew up a Steelers fan, and they have this 24-game preseason win streak that I, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know this. You're probably already a big NFL fan. But the streak goes back all the way to 2015, have not lost a preseason game, and they lost to the Commanders by one point, and – is this even something that Ravens fans like care about? Are they sad about it? Or is this like the stupidest streak ever? Cause who cares? Uh, no. Okay. So I, I, I <laughs> one, of, one of my best friends was actually over last night watching the game with me. Um, and he, he's a big Ravens fan, like cheering throughout from start to finish. And he was actually sad when he left my apartment last night. Oh, you know, really? Because, because they had this, this streak, d- d- dude, you got to look up, the Jim Harbaugh, or not, excuse me, the John Harbaugh John, quotes. Yeah. 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 After the game, he gets fired up at people who think that preseason games don't matter because uh, they're, because he's like, you've never played football. You don't know what it takes like to go out there and blah, 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 blah. So t- to me, like the emotional stakes, I know it's stupid. It's stupid. Okay. It's here's the thing. Stuff. Here's the thing. They haven't won a Super Bowl since before the streak started, right? Correct. Yeah. Their last Super Correct. Bowl was in the 2012, 2012 season. So. The streak really has had no bearing on their preparation for the postseason. It's fair to say. No, it hasn't at all. Like, but, but they care about it deeply. But see, here, here's the thing: the Harbaugh brothers are crazy, right? Yes, John hides correct. his crazy a little bit better than Jim does, but he's still crazy. Like Jim's version of crazy is, oh, I'll eat steak and drink milk at the same time, and maybe I'll go sleep over at a teenager's house to try and recruit a kicker. 
John's right. crazy is we're going to win every single preseason game over the course of Ever. eight seasons. You know, that's how they kind of get their their craziness out. But I will say it felt like it had real stakes involved because of the streak. You know, it's one of the few yeah. preseason games that I felt like it meant something. So when you got the game winning field goal, um, there are actually like, you know, a decent amount of emotions at the end of that game, which was interesting. But then you also have to zoom out and think, OK, well, what did it take for something for for us to like get 50 percent of the way they're caring about a preseason game? It took eight years of buildup. Yeah. To us, for us that's, to get to one Monday night. <laughs> that we that's accurate. I mean. I think if, if this is a coping mechanism for John Harbaugh, then I respect it. This is very healthy. This is a very healthy coping mechanism. If this is something that you are attached to as a Ravens money line preseason better, then I'm sorry for your loss. Um, but if this is something that you care about as a Ravens fan, um, it you shouldn't be sad for that long because I really don't think it matters. But congratulations. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And it, w it was fun while it lasted. I had a great time watching that game last night. <laughs> Anytime you can see like one of your friends get upset over something that doesn't actually matter, it's, it, it just kind of warms my heart. Maybe it's just the cold, the cold person That's in sports. me, but yeah. it's sports. <laughs> or maybe I'm just dead because my team doesn't ever do anything. So to see someone else like kind of feel how I feel every Sunday was it felt comfortable. Yeah. Charles is a Falcons fan. I was just talking to Charlotte uh, just before this because I watched 80 for Brady on my flight, which is it kind of retcons the Falcons loss to the Patriots. And I said that if you're a Falcons fan, never watch this movie. And actually, I thought about you and our friend Harry, who's also a Falcons fan, as I was watching it and how much you would truly hate that film. So never watch 80 for Brady. That is my advice to you. I never will. I hadn't planned on it. Not that so. you were planning on it. <laughs> It is, uh, it's a doozy. <laughs> Preach. So uh, I wanted to ask you, there's three first-round quarterbacks that were selected in the draft this year. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, all three will be starting in week one. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Um, C.J. Stroud hasn't been named the starter yet, but he started a lot in practice and started both games. So I assume we're moving towards that, yeah. And is, is Davis Mills still the Texans' backup? Yes, he is. Okay. So C.J. Stroud or Davis Mills will be starting that game. But let's pretend it's C.J. Stroud. Let's pretend he is named the starter, which I think is somewhat inevitable. Um, obviously, quarterback wins, not really a stat, something that Mike Golick, wherever he is right now, despises. He hates when we hold wins for or against a quarterback because it is a team sport. However, if you had to rank which of these three will end the season with the most losses to the least losses, so like – best to worst in terms of results at the end of the season. How are you ranking them? Well, CJ is definitely last because he's playing on the worst team, I, I would say. Although, you know, this, this Jonathan Taylor situation, that's a big blow for Indianapolis. Like, he's one of the, the few running backs that – I hate, like, this phrasing, but one of the few running backs that matters in today's game. Like, someone that can actually game break for you, can be the low of an offense that's, that's quality – and, you know, he was hurt last year. So I think that's kind of making people forget how, like, completely dominant he is um, at his peak. So I, I but I think I'll, I'll still go CJ last because he's on the worst team. The Texas defense is pretty bad, too, even with um, D'Amico Ryans and, and, you know, the Will Anderson addition they made this offseason. They still got a ways to go there. Um, you know, I think I, I think I think I might go Bryce just because. I of all the offensive lines that can like kind of get their together before or you know as the season progresses, I think the Panthers, as bad as they've looked, 
they still have a chance because they were a good unit by the end of last year. The defense is still good. So, you know, and, and you, you bring in Miles Sanders, which is not insignificant. So if you can just get those pieces outside of Bryce moving in the right direction, um, I think they have a chance to, you know, win like eight games and win the NFC South, which is it's okay. a pretty low bar this year. That is true. So speaking of Jonathan Taylor, the Colts have now said that they are willing to trade him potentially. That is the latest. Where do you think he may end up? I don't know. I don't know, because when you look around the league, what what teams are like dying for running back talent? Honestly, it, 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 it's interesting to me because you talk about, you know, or, or really everyone's talked about in the past, you know, few weeks, especially the last day, what's the, the best spot for him. It's where he is right now, <laughs> you know? Like the Colts are actually the best spot for him because um, it's not like this team is just like totally – breadth of talent and they have no one that can play they just they went through an all-time outlier season right where you have you signed matt ryan obviously that failed like pretty much immediately and then um you have uh <laughs> the situation where you got you pull a guy off tv to be your head coach for the back half of the season the real thing that happened last year for the colts and he was given a real chance to be the head coach which is pretty pretty crazy and he might be the head coach if other people didn't get into Jim Irsay's ear about what Jeff Saturday being your head coach actually meant um and Jonathan Taylor he was banged up last year too but we've kind of gotten to a place with running backs where it's like if you get hurt once you're always hurt and it's like that's not necessarily true we just saw Saquon Barkley bounce back bounce right. back we've seen Chris McCaffrey bounce back like we've seen guys who have been hurt Najee Harris hey he played with a, a broken foot last season Right, and he like that's the we'll situation. We'll see how he does this year, but yeah, he was still it, productive for the Steelers' offense. So it's just interesting how quickly like we've decided we're just going to cast these guys away. Like if I like there were Colts fans that I mentioned arguing against the idea of paying Jonathan Taylor, which is kind of crazy to me because you have a rookie quarterback who would really benefit for having someone like Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, and it's not even like cost is really a concern for your quarterback because you literally just drafted him like four months ago. So right. You can you can pay Jonathan Taylor a quote unquote market rate extension for running backs, which at this point is like thirteen million dollars a year, which isn't much. I mean, it's like a little bit more than what Nick Chubb got from the Browns, maybe a little less than what McCaffrey got from the Panthers when he signed that deal. But it's not really a contract that's going to make or break your roster. So I just kind of feel like we've gone too far in the other direction with the running back stuff where we can't Mm -hmm. discern that, hey, Having Jonathan Taylor on your football team is a really, really good idea, especially when the offensive line can still be good. And you're going to be running the ball more than most teams run the ball this year. You know, with Anthony Richardson, your 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 zone reading, your option game is going to be a huge part of your offense. So why not pair him with like a top three back to go along with it? I, I can't really make sense of this one, but apparently I'm the dumb one for thinking that they should just give him some money and, and keep it moving. So is this just an all-time bag fumbling by Indianapolis? Yeah, and I, I mean their their situation was had gotten tense up until, um, you know, it, it, it was it was tense even before like stuff like this was going on. But when Jim Irsay comes out and tweets essentially, hey, you know, I don't value the position that you play, and you know, you're the position that you're in, which he was unfortunately right, is is collectively bargained. Well, why the hell would I come back to work? Like if my boss tweeted something about me you know we don't plan on on picking up your contract when this is over i'm not coming back to work i I need to find a new job so 
I, 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 I feel like we're, we're, we should just like have a little bit more common sense when we talk about the Jonathan Taylor thing. Jim Irsay really put his foot in his mouth here for no reason. Um, and I know that, you know, Jonathan Taylor and his agents, they were turned off by it, obviously. Um, and now you're here where you're in the, the weird spot where you're like, well, we don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor because he might get hurt again. But he's also way too good for us to trade for less than like top value. So we're going to ask for a first round pick for a player we have no intention of, of signing, which under the rules of CBA is probably how you should go about this. But it's hard not to see like the irony involved with the process. All right, Charles. Well, I have a, a lot more to ask you. So we will be right back after the break. Okay, Charles, your your old beat back in the day, the New York Jets, they hired the feature team on Hard Knocks this season. Two episodes are already out. Uh, new episodes comes out tonight on Tuesday. Have you been keeping up? And what are your thoughts in general about the Jets this season with Aaron Rodgers? Okay, I saw the first episode of Hard Knocks. But to buffer my credibility for this conversation, I have actually been at Jets practice for the past week. So, Ooh. yeah, I've I've been there I'm on my old stomping grounds with, uh, you know, a situation that's not as tense as the last time I was there. I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, for, for those who don't get the joke, you can just Google my name in Washington Post. Yeah, Google, pretty, Google Charles McDonald. Um, um, OK, well, up. you should watch and then compare what you're seeing in practice to what they're showing us on Hard Knocks. Because as we know, this is like the new sanitized Hard Knocks where we're not really seeing players get cut. And so far, Aaron Rodgers has been stealing the show. But despite all of that, and I know you're shaking your head right now if you're listening to this, Charles Charles shook his head. We have now now talked about our our disdain for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the last 10 minutes. But... um, Despite all of that, the AFC East is going to be really, really tough for any of those four teams. So, how are you? How are you predicting the final ranking and uh, po- the final positioning of those four teams in that division? Um, I think there's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'll get. Maybe I'm sure Jets fans will get in trouble. You know, will get pissed at me for saying this, but I think there's like tiers within the division, and I'm not. I'm not sure if they're like fully better than the Bills or the Dolphins yet. Because, dude, they had they had joint practices last Wednesday, which I'm sure is going to be a big part of this yeah. hard knocks that comes out tonight because it was a complete mess last week. They had joint yes, practices. Yes, tell against, us what happened. I, yeah. I, I don't know the scoop, so give me the scoop. Okay. It was closer to, like, WWE than it was to an actual football practice. There was uh, – I counted in the first 55 minutes of practice, three fights. And then by the end of practice was over, there were six fights. There was a coach who got knocked over. And uh, the next time we saw him, he was in a sling and he got carted off of the field. Oh my uh, God. There, you know, the offensive line got beat so bad that there were plays where like, you know, the play is basically immediately dead. In a real game, it would be a sack, but Aaron's running around and, if you can't find anyone open, then he will just fling the ball into the stands and try and get like an Aaron Rodgers chant going from the Jets crowd that's there, which is about <laughs> like, I asked PR, like how many people were there at the joint practice? And I think it was somewhere around like 3000 people had showed up to 
watch it, no it sounded like a real game like when That's they were out wild. there yes i know i know so you know a play breaks down and there's nowhere to go with the ball so aaron will just fling it into the stands and then the kids will go crazy and start trying aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers. i was like where the hell am i right now but they got beat up so bad up front that it kind of makes you wonder like what's possible for them this season because they have obviously the quarterback talent running back talent wide receiver talent but their offensive line is like a, a huge problem right now and the another issue is like their two best players uh elijah Barrett tucker who they took in the first round two years ago and makai beckham who took in the first round the year before that um they are both in like different stages of trying to get back and be healthy for this team again so um beckham's actually playing now he played you know about 30 snaps in each of the past two preseason games which is a good step for him and then Elijah Vera Tucker, we'll see what happens with him. But if those guys aren't ready to go for the whole season, it might actually end up being a long season for the Jets, um, which I think is it, it kind of like poorly matches up with the other teams in the division because the Patriots, they still have a kick-ass defensive line. The Bills have Von Miller and Ed Oliver, who just got re-signed uh, this offseason. And then, uh, you know, the Dolphins, they've revamped their defensive, uh, the defense too with Tyron Vich Pangio. Uh, Christian Wilkins, his contract situation will get sorted out soon, and they have um, even other guys like Jalen Phillips who are primed for breakouts. So th this is actually like a super tough division because I think even the Patriots are getting slept on a little bit because they're not exciting, but they should still be a tough out. Like if you're looking at uh, an AFC East where the Patriots of, of this, like this iteration of the Patriots are projected to be fourth, then that's a really, really, really tough division because – yeah. They could probably win a handful of other divisions just based off of the, the pieces they have. So if they don't get the offensive line short down, that's probably a fatal flaw for them this season. So what are the tiers then? Are, are the tiers just the four different team names? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, for, I actually forgot that I said that. So I would go like Bills, Dolphins first. Like <laughs> okay. those two would Tier be my one, favorite. Bills, Dolphins. Yeah. Got it. Tier two, Jets. Tier three, Patriots. But like you still okay. got to play Buffalo, Miami four times a year. Yeah. Before you can even get to the playoffs, then you're going to get probably beat up by the Patriots another two times. Um, and I'm not saying that they can't win these games, but like their offensive line is a real problem. And, you know, I, I think we need to see how healthy Brees Hall is, too, because um, he looks yeah. great running out there in shorts and he looks explosive. But it's a different story when you get the pads on. And also they just signed Dalvin Cook, right, which, you know, maybe doesn't bode well for how healthy he is at the moment. Um, we talked already about a few of the. Uh, rookie quarterbacks to watch. Are there any non-quarterback rookies that you're excited to watch this season? Um, it sucks because he just got hurt today. They said he was announced with a wrist injury, but um, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. That's exactly who I was thinking about. The, I'm I, so excited to watch him. Yeah, so hopefully his wrist injury isn't too bad. Um, I think they just announced he's having surgery on it um, oh, that uh, stinks. today. Yeah, so drafted that, by the bad. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. For, uh, played at Ohio State, was out most of last season at Ohio State. So if you're watching any college football last year, you might have missed him. But he is one of the top wide receivers, I think, in the league. Is there a timetable yet for when he'll be back? Um, I'm not sure. But just the idea of, of what they were also like <sighs> able to do last year with, with DK and Lockett, and then you add, like, Jack Smith to that that group, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he gets healthy. And I'm just to be to be biased, like Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson, dude, he's I... he's gonna touch the ball like 300 times this year, and he's amazing. 
So I knew you were gonna say that. I know, I know. I, I, I didn't like the process of the pick, and then he had like that first carry against the Bengals last week, and I was <laughs> like, oh shit, <laughs> we're so back. We're not winning anything, but we're gonna score touchdowns again, and that's all that matters. But preseason football got you on the Bijan Robinson hype train. Uh, yeah, literally one carry. That's what it's one carry in preseason football got you on the Bijan Robinson. That's what football. That's what football preseason is all about. I'm out here getting excited about like Darnell Washington's blocking ability, Charles. Like that's where we are. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's been great to catch up with you. Can you tell folks where to find you? Tell us when your pod's coming back. I'm ex- I'm very excited to listen. You have you are <laughs> you have you can find me on Twitter at uh, four verts. Um, yeah, like I said, the Exemplus podcast for Yahoo Sports is coming up. Uh, and I think unofficially in two-ish weeks. Unofficially. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Precisely. You may be busy teaching yourself how to cook something. That's right. That's right. Trying to make some and food where, well, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to get into like the meal prep stuff because I don't like cooking every day. That's my problem. But then mm. when I don't cook or, you know, when I have leftovers, I tend to overeat. So I'm, I'm trying to train myself to cook with care and love and also portion control. How much can you eat this? Like how many times can you eat the same prepped meal in a row before you want to throw it out? Because for me, it's like twice maximum. And then I'm like, why did I make this much stoop, soup, chicken soup or like whatever it is? Um, I can eat it all the way up until like it's just like physically not pleasant to eat. Because, you know, like when food's been in the <laughs> fridge for a while... And you like you take a bite, you're like, eh, yes. that's not quite what I was eating a couple of days ago. That's usually when I yeah. get sick of it. But the actual eating things repetitively, I can I can do that. I feel like after more than twenty four hours, I can taste whatever container my food is in. Like if it's in plastic, I feel like it starts tasting like. Is that is that a me thing, or has that ever happened to you? No, no. But for me, it's a, I, I usually let it linger for maybe a, a day or two mm. longer than that. But I'm a caveman. Okay. Like I got fired up over the Harbaugh <laughs> press conference today, so we're we're on different planes. <laughs> the one where he was mad about losing the preseason game that yes. fired you up. Nice. It All right. Did. Well. <laughs> good to know. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I will check that out to get myself uh, hyped for this Notre Dame Navy game in Ireland. Uh, we will be back next week. Mike will be back. Hopefully, hopefully he makes it to Ireland so he, that he can come back to the States, but we will be back as scheduled next Tuesday. Thank you to Charlotte and Charles for joining me, uh, in a pinch, uh, safe travels to go like wherever you are and we'll see you next week.